Thank you, church, and thank you, choir. It is such a privilege to be here today, not just because um, I'm given the opportunity to come up and speak to you, but because I was invited back. That is a huge celebration. It's one thing to come once. To be allowed to come back a second time is a huge privilege. I appreciate it so much. And my heart is filled with joy this morning. Um, as I celebrate this Mother's Day today, but I also want to recognize that Mother's Day, it can be really hard for a lot of people. And I want to honor the fact that there's a lot of us who've lost our moms and we're missing them today. And I also want to recognize that we have moms who've lost kids, moms who've never been able to get pregnant and long to be a mom. They know there's something in their heart that's calling them to be a mom. And yet that journey is still in process for them. So there were a lot of Sundays that this was not a joyful morning for me for a lot of different reasons. And uh, so I do want to honor that, and I want to tell you that uh, I want to be present with that today. I also just wanted to set some norms around that a little bit, okay? So I have to tell you that I cannot like make eye contact with my own mother because we'll both just start crying. I don't even know why. It's just something that we do. And so if a mom around you, if a woman around you starts crying, it's okay. The norm, just like let them do it. Maybe a wink, maybe a nod. But whatever you do, like don't be like, what's wrong? Why are you crying? It's okay. We just cry. We're emotional. It's just something that happens. And if you haven't figured it out, you'll figure it out. But there's nothing wrong, nothing you have to fix. It's just a way. Emoting is a verb. It's just a way that we feel it's a way that we process, just let it go. It's all right. It's not a big deal. Now, if a really suddenly guy near you starts crying, I have a double standard here. We're going to be like, dude, way to bring it. Yeah, rock on, right? Because it's okay. It's okay to be emotional. And if something touches you for any reason whatsoever, I hope that you'll just let it come. I hope that you'll let it flow because that's what living in community is all about. It's not about coming and putting on your smiley face on a Sunday morning. It's about coming and being like, I'm a wreck, I'm a mess, or I'm full of joy, whatever it is. Being in community is about coming and being who you are without anything else that's holding you back. So I hope that you'll embrace that this morning wherever you are. I have a poem that I'd like to read to you. So, there are moms with one child and moms who have 10, moms who keep trying again and again. There are mom, moms who've lost babies, some young and some old, who never stop grieving for those they can't hold. There are moms who adopt and moms who release, moms who are anxious and moms filled with peace. Some moms have partners, some are alone, some travel for business, and some stay at home. Some moms shout at the referee, and some moms are quiet, you know who you are, and some moms believe you, and others don't buy it. Some moms will lecture while others resent. Some moms might scream at their kids to repent. Some moms have stepkids who feel like their own. Some moms are sad because their kids are all grown. Some moms are loving. Some are compassionate. Some sing joyful chorus. Some are quiet in spirit. Some moms are tired, rocking babies all night. Some have sick loved ones they hold extra tight. Some are good at forgiving and pouring out grace. Some can tell that you're lying by that look on your face. I don't know why I looked at the teenagers when I said that. <laughs> Nothing personal. Some moms are tender. Some moms are strong. Some help you know that you always belong. Some moms have buttons that sometimes get pushed. Some kids should know better, 
Enough said. <laughs> Moms all have differences, but there's one thing in common, because all of us humans came straight from a mom. So. Would, would you uh, take a moment and pray with me? God, I thank you for our moms. That no matter how good of a mom they were, no, in our own opinion, no matter what role they've played in our life, that you brought us to this earth through a human being. And somewhere there is someone who through great pain and sacrifice ushered us into life and gave us the chance to be here on this earth. And I thank you so much for every single one of those women. I pray that you would bless them, that you would hold them tight, that you would love them, that you would fill them with the joy of knowing what they've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It really is such a mystery, isn't it, that some person had to go through so much pain and suffering in order for a baby to be born. And I promise you I'm not going to talk about childbirth all morning. Not all morning. And some of you are super scared right now. Because here's the thing. I will tell you a secret. Moms actually really like talking about childbirth. They may not admit it to you, but when they get together and the topic comes up, it goes on for a really long time. And sometimes the stories are all too, sometimes they get a little bit exaggerated. I'm just going to warn you. So if you ever hear somebody say something like, yeah, I was in labor for three days. I pushed for half of it, but I, the baby just wouldn't. It, it just was really tough because the baby's head was stuck up in my clavicle and you know there that's probably an exaggeration right another thing that is really an exaggeration just want to apologize to all husbands on behalf of women who talk about childbirth with one another because when we're in this process you kind of become we talk about um, when women talk about their husbands they kind of become the devil incarnate when it comes to that part of talking about so like you might hear somebody saying oh my god and then you wouldn't believe it. Like I've been sitting there and I was in so much pain and it was so difficult. And then would you believe he went to get a drink of water? <laughs> and then he didn't come back and I was like, where were you? And he was like, I went to the bathroom. Like, oh, how could you? Right, so <laughs> lots of stories, if you've been a parent, on both sides of that, of how challenging that process is. I don't need to explain it to you if you've been there, because you know there's unique emotional and physical challenges for both men and women in this miracle of what happens in the mystery of when someone gives birth and a new life comes into the world. But you hear it all the time, once that baby comes, you forget it all. You see this beautiful life, you see this miracle, and you forget it all. Now, nobody told me that when at my first baby shower, that was when everybody wanted to talk about how horrible it was. That was really scary, and I was like, there's no going back. But I, uh, I have to tell you, I'm super guilty of talking about this, maybe a little bit too much. I was a varsity lacrosse coach for 12 years, and... Um, you could pretty much bet that if there was a time that it was the second half and we were down, that I would call a timeout and I would be like, you think this is hard? <laughs> you think you want to quit now, do you? 
you think there's nothing left in you and you just can't push any harder. Well, let me tell you, there will be a time. And this is preparation for that time because you're going to go out there and you're going to fight and you're going to push and you're going to give everything you got because there's no going back, right? And I think we either would come up from being behind or there's like hundreds of girls that will not have children. I don't know which one it is. I feel, but it, it really worked at the time. The, the other like, ironic, super ironic thing is that the very first, I'm a, I'm a teacher, the very first time that I ever had the opportunity to be a substitute teacher, first time, I have just graduated from college, I've put myself in the subsystem, I don't have a full-time job, and I um, get a call to teach eighth grade science. I'm like, great. So I teach eighth grade science, and do you know what that teacher did to me? Yes, you do. That teacher said, here's your lesson plan, push play, and had the kids watch a live childbirth video in my presence. And that's what we got to experience my first day as a substitute teacher. And here's what I remember about, I'm sitting back there like, oh, I cannot do sense making about this and like whatever. This guy comes up to me at the end of the class, they're all walking out, it's dead silent in the room. And they're all walking out, and this eighth grade boy looks at me and he says, I don't know your name. I don't know where you came from, but you need to know you've scarred me for the rest of my life. <laughs> yep, that's, that's what he said. <laughs> so that's my legacy. We're singing about legacy. There it is for you. So... Uh, I wanna talk this morning about this beautiful life that we're given and then what happens, right? Like all of this joy at the beginning and then somehow we lose that and, and we learn about this directly in, in scripture. And I've, I've got four different things. Here's the thing, like that's really small back there. So I'm gonna turn around to read this. This is like, um, this is better than bifocals. Um, so this is four different versions, all right? This is John 10.10. 10. The NIV says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. The thief comes to only kill, steal, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The thief comes only in order to still kill and destroy. I have come in order that you may have life, and you can't see this, it says, life in all of its fullness. Life in all of its fullness. Jesus came that we may have life in all of its fullness. And I would just ask you this morning to consider what that means and to consider what that looks like what it looks like to have life in all of its fullness. You know what's really interesting to me about all of these versions is that there are not a lot of synonyms, obviously, for the words steal, kill, and destroy, right? They're exactly the same in all of them, but in every one of these versions, we're grappling with a different way to say, what does this mean? What does this life mean? It's satisfying, it's rich, it's abundant, it's full. All these ways that we're trying to describe something. That Jesus is uh, telling us, this is why I came. This is what I want you to have. And so um, I want you to just think for a second. In your mind, 
What, and I want you to close your eyes. Well, no, wait, don't close your eyes quite yet. Hold on, because I want you to look at my pictures because I put my family up on the screen, so I don't want you to close your eyes yet because I want, I'm going to ask you to think about what is your picture in your mind, your visual picture of what abundant life would look like. What would it look like in your life? You know, if you're Toby, um, my youngest son, then abundant life is like being able to order two VIB breakfasts at the same time. You don't even have to wait to finish the one before you order the second. It just all comes and it's in there in front of you. Or I have these incredible lilacs outside my bedroom window. Or I don't know if you can see it, but I've got some seedlings sprouting right now on my back porch. And some of them are um, taller than, a lot taller than the others. And I still love them anyway, even though they're super tall. And um. So it might be family, but I want you to close your eyes for a second, and I want you to just get a picture in your mind of what it would feel like, what it would look like to live life abundantly in all of its fullness, completely filled with joy. I want to show you my very best example of this visual picture. I don't want to be a fool in this game or two. So I'm I don't think it matters how bad of a mood I'm in. Like I just see that and that is life, right? Because it is just so joyful. And even more so because no matter how cute you thought that was, you did not think it was as cute as I thought it was because those are my kids. They belong to me. I've known them right? And I have known them since the time they were born. As a matter of fact, I just a hint out there for all you moms that um, if you are ever struggling with the eye roll thing, I have a cure. I just want to tell you what it is. So you're struggling and it's in public. You got to wait till it's in public. And then your kid gives you an eye roll. And then you're just like, this is so weird that you would roll your eyes at me and be disrespectful after I grew you in my body, right? I promise you, it never, it, they will never do it again. If it, I don't know what it is, but it works. And so um, it might be behind your back, but I'm telling you it will never happen in public again. Um, so that is my most favorite picture because those are my kids. I delight in them. I have so much joy in looking at them. And I have to tell you something. It is harder for me to understand love as a child as it is to experience it as a parent. Now, my parents really loved me, and they poured a lot of love into me, but that doesn't mean that I know how to receive it or that I can really absorb what that feels like. But when I look at my kids, oh my gosh, I know what it feels like. I love them so much. 
And even with Toby, who's adopted from the second that I met him, I just looked at him and I loved him so much and I knew he was mine, that he belonged to me, that he was mine. And that that love was so miraculous and it was nothing that I would be able to ever explain to somebody else. So when I, this is my favorite picture and I put it up here today um, because my mom loved this picture so much because I am hers. And this is me way back. Those of you guys that moved here from California, this is what Colorado used to look like when I was a little girl. Um, You would not before some people moved here and built lots of stuff that they like close together. Um, But you wouldn't recognize this, but this is like Dylan. And if you, you wouldn't recognize it right now because there's like 14 condos right on this spot and there's a marina and it's a beautiful place to go, but you wouldn't be able to recognize this spot right now right out in the open, right? The other person who might love this picture is my husband because he's like, oh, dandelions, I love those. I'm gonna go get them for my yard. He just like, yeah. No, not so much. But um, look at all the beauty. I love this. I love the irony. Look at all the beauty that could come from a weed, right? Like I want to, just so beautiful, these dandelions, and so precious and beautiful, this little girl that doesn't know any better than just to sit in these flowers and just enjoy this moment. Because just like this is Lake Dillon before the condos were built and the marinas were built, this is the little girl before there was heartbreak before there was bitterness, before there was pain, before there was resentment, before there was disappointment, before there were all of these unmet expectations, back when all of my needs were met because my needs were so simple. You know, it's really interesting because the New York Center for Nonviolent Communication has put out some different lists, and there are lists of feelings. And I was really overcome by this first list, which It's probably pretty hard for you to read, but these are all of the different positive emotions that somebody could feel. And I was really struck by this because I'm like, oh my gosh, how much time do I really think about what positive emotions I feel and what I could feel and how I might describe it and how I might ask God to even feel them more how I might experience them at their richest level. I mean, when I, when somebody says, how you doing? It's like, good. Okay busy, I don't be like, I am exuberant today. And you? Like, I want to learn this list. Because to me, if I could feel what these things feel like, that would be life to its fullness. And I actually believe that this is what God wants for me. That he wants me to be able to feel all these emotions because he wants me to be full and feel as though my needs are met. But most likely, most often, the emotions we can describe very, very well are all the ones that are on this next list. And I bet there's not a single one of these that you'd have to look up in a dictionary because you've felt it, you've talked about it, you've heard somebody else talk about it. And this is sometimes where we live in our misery. So what do we do about it? Jesus asks us to come to him like little children People were bringing babies to him and his disciples were rebuking him like, hey, he is way too important. Um, You just need to like keep the children away. And he goes, no, 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 no. You bring them to me because such is the kingdom of heaven. If you do not embrace the kingdom of heaven like one of these little children, that is what he's asking us to do is embrace the kingdom of God like a little child. So... What does that mean? How do we do that? How do we embrace this gift of life? 
Well, the first thing is just to let God meet you right where you are. You know what? If you haven't been to church a lot, or maybe if you have been to church a lot, you might, you might be confused about this, and you might think that there's stuff you need to do in order to meet God. And I just want to like clear it, clear the record right now that you need to let God meet you right where you are. Because if you're going to enter the kingdom of God like a child, then, then you're going to actually be surrendered. And I've never heard a dad be like, hey, you little baby, as soon as you can walk, come over here and get your bottle, right? No, he comes to us. And so the first thing you might think about is just letting God meet you right where you are. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be anything different. You don't have to change a single thing about who you are. Just simply open yourself up, surrender yourself, and ask God to meet you and meet those needs. And when you're feeling pain, ask him to enter into it. And when you have unmet expectations because you think people are the ones that are gonna fulfill you, go to the one who actually will and let him fill you. The second thing I want you to understand today, and I'm being bossy about this, could you tell? I kind of like, hey, number two, you got to understand this today, is that there is nothing that you could do that is going to make God love you any more, and there is nothing you could do that's going to make him love you any less. His love for you is infinite. His love for you is eternal because you are his creation, and that is it. That is it. That is the, that is all it takes. You cannot do anything to achieve more love from him. You cannot do anything that is going to lose his love. And I have to tell you a story that illustrated this for me. So I had those two incredible, amazing children that you saw in the video. And when they were two and three years old, I was pregnant with Luke. And when I went in and Luke was, I was six months pregnant and I went in and there was no heartbeat. And this is like the worst fear of a pregnant woman, right? And so there's no heartbeat. It's a Friday. It's like three o'clock on the Friday. The doctor says, we're gonna schedule for you to deliver on Monday. What? No, yeah, nobody, nobody wants to stay late on a Friday to start a labor like this. So I go home, I have to spend an entire weekend knowing that this baby that was inside of me that nobody else knew but that I knew intimately had died. And I had to feel what it felt like to have this death inside of me. And then I had to go to the hospital on Monday morning. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of women, statistically, there's a lot of women who lost babies. And I just want to say, I hate the term, I lost a baby. You didn't lose the baby, right? The baby died. Somebody died. And it is such a lonely kind of pain because you as the mother are the only person that ever knew that little person. So not everybody around you is feeling the same grief but it is not a grief any less. And so I go in Monday morning and I have um, a a labor that's induced and I really did, not exaggerating, um, labor for 15 hours with this baby and I did not want any pain medicine. I didn't want it because I wanted my body to hurt as bad as my heart hurt because my heart hurt so badly and I couldn't describe it or explain it to anybody else. And so, finally, at about one o'clock in the morning, I gave birth to Luke, and the name Luke was given to him afterwards. It wasn't planned, but it means bringer of light, and he was the greatest bringer of light to me, because I have to tell you, when I held this little baby in my arms, and I looked at his perfect little kneecaps, 
and his perfect little nose. And I held him and he fit in my hand. And I had so much love for him. And it felt exactly like that moment that I felt when I first held Josh and when I first held Connor. It felt no different. The amount of love in my heart that I had for this little baby. And God spoke to me in that moment. And he said to me something that I have been needing to hear for my entire life and I still need to hear today. And what he said to me was, see, even if you had never taken a breath, that's how much I love you. See, there's nothing you can do to make God love you more. And there is nothing you can do to make him love you less because you are his. He created you and he loves you just because you're his. And the third thing that I would hope that you would embrace this morning is that your God, your creator, sings over you. He delights in you. He celebrates you. And all of the angels in heaven celebrate you, not just the moment you were born, but every single day that you walk this earth. I know it's true, but we don't believe it. It is the most powerful truth we could ever lean into. And it is the number one thing that the thief will come to steal and kill and destroy. The knowledge and understanding to your core that God loves you and celebrates you and delights in you and believes in you no matter what. I'm gonna ask the band to come up and I'm gonna show you a video that hopefully will help you to understand that point. How do you feel about having a baby sister, Riley Boo? Are you so happy? Yes. Is she so cute? Yes. What 
she's the Indian. What do we tell her? that song stuck in your head today and hear your God singing it to you because you are so beautiful to him. Will you pray with me? God, I come before you so humbly and so grateful and so thankful for the life, the gift of life that you have given to me and given to all of us. And God, I do not understand the mystery of how you bring us physically into this world, but I also do not understand the mystery of how you bring us spiritually into your world because you sent your son that in intense pain and suffering and sacrifice that he would die on a cross in order to usher us into life and that you wanna call us into that life. And God, I know that the enemy has done a work on every single one of our hearts. And I pray that right now, you would help us be ushered into that life. You would help us to be born again into your spirit, that we would understand love in the way that a little child understands love, that you would take us black, that you would restore our innocence, that you would cleanse us of our memories, that you would pour your healing down upon this place so that we would be a people who vibrantly praise you in all of the fullness of this life. And God, I know that there are people today that you have put a seed in their heart, a calling in their hearts, and it is within them. And I pray that you would bring it forth. I pray that you would bring forth your spirit and they would give birth to the calling that you have given to them. And for those who have never called out to you, I pray that right now, every single one of us, and even if we have, every single one of us, we would reach out to you and say, Lord, right now, in this moment, help me to be born again. Wipe me of my sin. Cleanse me of my pain. Heal me of my wounds. And let me start over in Jesus' name. Amen.